That's great. Uh, I love it. I love it. Hey, it's good to be with you, and uh, Rick, it's good to be with you. It's been a while since we've done the yeah, team teaching it, thing. It really has been, and we're even on different sides of the TV, so that's weird. Be interesting. It's it weird. It weird. <laughs> happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Uh, again, we've been saying that, but happy Mother's Day to you moms out there. And yes. I know your mom's watching, Rick. Yeah, happy mom, happy Mother's Day. Carol, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Oh man, it's uh, it, it's exciting, and and as you just heard, we're really jazzed about mm -hmm. May sixteenth. So a week from today, we will be uh, relaunching in-person worship here at uh, Hope Church, and so as you already heard from uh, Pastor Heather, we're asking you to register online, and uh, just so we kind of have an idea of right. how many people are going to be showing up, and uh, and children as well. So. Uh, go ahead and register. And, and have no fear. Uh, fear? I don't know fear, but, but don't worry that uh, online is not going away. We're going to continue right. to uh, 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 improve and expand our online experience because we know that some people aren't ready to come back yet. And we also know that there are others of you who have found us online, and you'll continue to worship that way, and we're excited about that. Yeah. Absolutely. And one last thing, um, we're going to be learning new skills. So mm -hmm. we're we're used to doing in-person. Uh, we get pretty good at that over the uh, 30 years. Over the last 14 months, we've <laughs> learned how to do online, and now we're going to learn a new skill of how to do both at the same time. Yeah. And uh, so it's, uh, it's going to be great, but it's <laughs> going to take some time. And so be patient with us as we figure stuff out, but not just patient. We're asking you to give us feedback. Mm -hmm. What are you seeing that you really like? What are you seeing that doesn't work for you? Um, and one other thing, as we're increasing our in-person ministry, we're going to need to increase the number of volunteers. Sure. And so as volunteer opportunities come up, I hope that you'll uh, consider volunteering again. It's been a while. So what a wild time it has been uh -huh. um, over this last 14 months. What we thought was going to be a three or four week interruption ended up being a 60 week life-changing world altering kind of experience and man I, I yeah it's it's been crazy right yeah when you think about over this past year uh we have learned different words and different phrases and and even some things that we're practicing now that we learned or had to relearn. Like for instance, uh, the word pandemic, right? That was a word that was only used in the latest science fiction novel. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You never heard pandemic for any other thing. Or the word social distancing, right? Uh, that <laughs> phrase, social distancing, it wasn't something anyone would have encouraged, right? You never would have been encouraged to socially distance from people. No. That's but yet we were told we need to social distance and we learned to do that, right? I remember yeah. early in this whole process, the uh, the one that kind of freaked me out was shelter at home. Like, yes. wow. Yeah. It felt like zombie apocalypse yes. kind of stuff. Yes, right? yeah. yeah. And then, of course, masks. Masks, yeah, which yeah, were only worn in Halloween. Yeah. Right? <laughs> or in the hospital. Or in the hospital, or if someone had bad intentions, right? Yes. Right? If, yep. You're sitting in the parking lot. That's the weird thing, right? So yep. two years ago, if you were sitting in the parking lot putting on a mask before you went into a bank. Yes. 
they were calling the police. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so, yeah, so in 2019, you wore a mask in the grocery store, grocery store you were arrested. In 2020, you were asked to leave without your mask, right? Yeah, yeah so it certainly has been uh, different. And it's been difficult too, right? It's difficult to recognize someone. I've seen people in the grocery store that I know I've known, but I can't tell who they are because of the mask. And then trying to hear someone with a mask on has been difficult. And, uh, and probably the hardest thing for me is my iPhone doesn't work when I want it to open, right? The open screen doesn't open with the mask on. Yeah, trying to do baptisms with a mask and it's fogging up your glasses. That's, that's been another yeah, fun one. Yeah, uh-huh. So all kinds of, all kinds of changes yes. over these last 14 months, all kinds of challenges. Um, and for the church, you mm. know, and all kinds of life lessons, but, but as we were talking about this, one of the most profound and I think significant um, lessons that we as a church are learning is that it is truly better mm. to be loving than right. Yes. You've heard these words from us before. It is one of the principles of community for us here at Hope Church. It's better to be loving than right. But in this past 14 months, man, it has just come home to me in a profound way, not just because of the pandemic, but all that's gone on in this past year we have seen racial strife and protests. We've seen um, riots in cities across our country. And there has been a level, I think, mm. of anger and vitriol that we haven't seen, I don't mm. think, in this country since like the 1960s. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so while it sounds so simplistic, right, to be loving, it, it, it's true. It's absolutely true. And not because we hear it in some, you know, favorite song or uh, some uh, pop psychologist is telling us that. Jesus taught that our highest priority Mm -hmm. is to be loving. That as Christ followers, that love is to be our trademark, Mm -hmm. right? They will know that you are my disciples, Jesus said, by the way, that you love others. And the kind of love that Jesus talked about was a love that knew no limits, no boundaries. It is a love that includes loving even our enemies. Yeah, absolutely. And so as we begin this new series, uh, I I read this in a a tweet and then was reminded of it as we were preparing this series, and I went back and found it. It was on Twitter. Someone was quoting Pope Francis, and uh, he said the following. It's going to be on the screen. If you get through a crisis, you come out better or worse, never the same. And man, I just love that, that even a crisis can be an opportunity for growth. And so as we're in this series, I think some of the questions that I'm asking and I think we can ask is, what lessons have I learned or what lessons am I learning in quarantine? Or how can we as the church, as followers of Jesus, how can we come out better because of this experience. And so we'll be looking at a way that we can come out better as we move forward in the series and and even today. So we're going to tell a story of Jesus. It's from John chapter 8. I'm going to read the first few verses and then uh, um, uh, talk about that just for a moment. And then Jeff's going to wrap up the story. And so in John chapter 8, it says that Jesus had returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, so this is Uh, important, John, make sure we know that this happened first thing in the morning. Early in the morning, he was back again at the temple. 
A crowd soon gathered. So there were people who followed Jesus all the time. He always was in the midst of a crowd. So they were either following him as he went back to the temple or as they saw him in the temple, they came up and gathered around him. And so the crowd was gathered and it says that he sat down and he taught them. Now, as he was speaking, he's in the midst of this Bible study, small group kind of experience with this crowd and he's talking to them. The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees show up. Now, I uh, always remembered that someone said that when you hear teachers of religious law and Pharisees, you can always end it with bump, 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 because they were the enemies in almost every story that's told in the New Testament. And so the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, they brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. Now, I don't have to put too much context to this, but it's early in the morning. She was caught in the act of adultery. So you can imagine that this was a surprise to her, that she has been dragged out of her home, likely dragged out of the bedroom, possibly. And now she is thrown at the feet of Jesus. It says they put her in front of the crowd. And then they said, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. They know exactly what needs to be done. And then they ask, what do you say? Mm. So the Pharisees and the teachers are challenging Jesus in this moment. So when I read that story, one of the questions that comes to my mind is, why did they bring this yeah. woman to Jesus, right? So they don't need permission to do what it is that they are planning to do, which is stone her. They have the law on their side, and they are the lawyers and the lawmakers right. and the religious leaders and so forth. They are within their rights mm -hmm. to do this horrific-sounding thing, right, that they're going to execute this woman for her sin, for mm -hmm. the sin of adultery. So why are they bringing this person to Jesus, and the answer is in verse 6. So it's John chapter 8, verse 6. It says this, that they were trying to trap him mm. into saying something that they could use against him. Mm -hmm. They were trying to trap Jesus by getting him to say something that they could use against him. In other words, they had a hidden agenda, a shadow mission they were masking mm. what it was that they were really about. They didn't care in this moment. They didn't care about the law. They didn't care about God's will. Mm. And they certainly didn't care about this woman. The thing that they cared about was trying to trap Jesus into saying something to discredit him and so that they could move beyond right. Jesus, who they, who they were afraid of, really. In one of the most powerful now moments I think in all of scripture when I read this story it still to this day as many times as I've read this story and I've read it scores if not a hundred different times it gives me chills every time it is this powerful moment where this crowd is on one side with with these leaders uh, here and this woman here and Jesus here and they're trying to trap Jesus, and there's all of this tension, and this woman's life hangs in the balance. And Jesus says the words that have been echoed down through millennia. Let the one who is without sin cast the first stone. Wow. 
Well, in that moment, all of the masks disappeared. Everybody was exposed. And then the Bible tells us that one by one, men, and it was primarily men, I'm sure, in this crowd, men, one by one, began to drop their stones, beginning with the oldest, Interesting, which yeah. I'm always intrigued by. We could talk about that, but that's another message for another time. Dropped their rocks and walked away. Notice what Jesus didn't do. Jesus didn't condemn them. Jesus didn't accuse them. What he did, in effect, was to hold up a mirror and cause them to look not at this woman and her sin, but to look at themselves and their own sin. You know, it's so easy to act in hateful and hurtful ways when we're mm. hidden behind masks. Not literal, literal masks, but hidden agendas and shadow missions, all of those ways that we hide ourselves from each other. It's so easy mm. to speak and act in hateful, hurtful ways when we're in masks. And the other thing about that is it is almost impossible to love or to be loved when we're hidden behind masks. Here's what we want you to take away from this message this morning. Real love is learning to see yourself and others as Jesus does. Mm -hmm. Real love is learning to see yourself and others as Jesus does. In that story, Jesus saw this woman's sin. It's not that he didn't see it. It's that he saw beyond it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just her sin that he saw. As he looked at that woman there trembling on the ground, he saw her past. He's God incarnate. He knew her past. He saw her fears, not just the fear of the moment, but the fears that she carried with her throughout her life. And he saw her potential. He saw her deep inner beauty. In other words, he saw all of who she was. And not just her. Jesus saw in every rock-wielding member of that crowd yeah. all of those same things. He saw their sin. He saw their faults, their failures, their hypocrisy, and their potential, and all that they could be. Love doesn't mean that we don't see somebody's sin, but it means that we see beyond it. Yeah, you know, and, we, and, and interesting, I'm going to pause there because I think that's a great insight. Love doesn't, doesn't mean you don't see someone's sin. Yeah. But whenever we use the word love, it's easy to assume, oh, well, that's just a simple answer, right? Yeah. yeah, it's the type of answer that I would call a Sunday school answer, right? It has to be right because who would say that love is wrong? It just seems too simple to just say, oh, well, it's all about love, right? I mean, there are thousands of love songs that have been written. And uh, just to prove my point about how simple love can be, I found a song that I heard on the radio recently. 
it's, um, it's a love song. It's called Better Together. And the lyrics go like this. A 40-horsepower Johnson on a flat-bottom metal boat. That's Listen a, to country music, aren't you? Yes, yes, I am. And that's a, that's a great opening line to a love song right I'm, there, I'm right? Sold. That nothing says love like a 40-horsepower Johnson or Coke cans and BB guns, because that's a good date night, I guess. Uh, but that's part of the song. And barbed wire and old fence posts. See, these things all go together. And then the singer, the singer says, the same way your hand fits right into mine. Oh. That is just love, isn't it? it, it Melting my heart. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? But so that's the challenge is that we hear these things and the love sounds so fluffy and fun. It's like a puppy, right? But <laughs> it's not so simple. No. It may seem simple, but it is anything but simple. It is a complex idea and practice that can't be exhausted in this lifetime. And the Apostle Paul, he wrote this a most famous statement on love. He said this, uh, uh, he said, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. See, without love, it doesn't matter. Even the most, he says, the most compelling words spoken by the most gifted communicator. Ouch, I find that hurts because I think communication is one of those things that we do, and I hope we do well. But if we do it without love, we sound like a rusty gate. Just noise, yeah. um, the most important media influencers, their goal is to gather larger platforms, to get more followers. And if Paul were rewriting 1 Corinthians, he would say, your follower count doesn't matter if it's without love. Mm-hmm. Right? And social media can be one of those masks that we can use to, to, uh, to spew hate because no one can see us on the other side of that screen. Yep. See, really what Paul is saying is the opposite of what culture is telling us. Culture asks, are you trending? Culture tells us you need to increase your followers or increase your platform at all costs, even if it harms others. But Paul says, without love, it's all nothing. Even if we do amazing things, it's all nothing. See, so until we understand how Jesus loves us, this complex, deep, uh, uh, overwhelming love, not loves all of humanity. He does. But when we begin to understand that Jesus has a love for you, Jesus has a love for me, mm-hmm. that Jesus understands and sees all of us behind our masks. He sees the total person. He sees our good, bad, and ugly, and he still loves us. Until we begin to understand that, we can't begin to embrace this idea that real love is learning to see yourself and others as Jesus does. Amen. So reading John 8, like I said, I've read it scores of times, and I realized that oftentimes, Mm. picturing that scene, I'm putting myself, in a way, in the position of Jesus. I'm the one saying, who are you to judge? I'm the one saying, you know, let the one without sin cast the first stone. 
occasionally when I read that, I can put myself in the position of the woman where my sin has mm. been exposed uh, in a public and humiliating kind of way. Um, but here's what I felt challenged to do this time and want to challenge you with that same thing this time. To picture yourself as one of the rock-wielding members of the crowd and to ask the question, who is it that you want to hurl your rock at? Mm. Who are those people in your life that drive you crazy, that you know to be terrible sinners? Maybe it's a family member or a coworker. Maybe it's, maybe it's somebody that uh, is a neighbor, annoying neighbor. Or maybe it's not an individual. Maybe it's a group. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's Republicans or Democrats. Maybe for you, it's gay people or black people, Hispanic, Asian, white people, maybe the police. Who is it mm. in your realm that mm. you feel led to cast rocks at because of their, your perceived sense of their sin? And when I put myself in that role, holding my rock, then I hear Jesus asking me the question, are you going to be the first to throw the rock, Jeff? And suddenly the mirror is turned on me. Jesus, who knows my sin, who knows my failures, who knows all about me, including my potential, mm. is asking me that question. He loves me fully mm -hmm. and he sees through my masks right he's not surprised by he's not put off by my mask he's not hindered by my mask and it's that reason that Jesus sees our masks who sees our hidden agendas who sees our willingness to throw rocks at the sinners that we see and calls us to a different understanding of our lives, a different approach. Mm. Jesus is the reason that Paul could write the words in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. He knows us. He sees us. He loves us mm. and calls us to follow him in that kind of love mm. and gives us this challenge. We have this challenge to recognize that real love, real love is seeing ourselves and others the way that Jesus does. Okay. Let that be our guiding principle as we go through the rest of this day, through this week, and into the remainder of this year. Amen. Let's join together as we pray, shall we? So, Lord, it is so easy for us to pick up rocks. Hmm. Seeing the sin in others around us, other groups, other individuals. And we need to be reminded 
that we too are fallen and sinful. That we miss the mark in so many ways. And that we know, Lord, that you know that about us and you love us despite that. You see our sin, but you see beyond our sin. Mm-hmm. That you see in us a reflection of the Father in whose image and likeness we were all made. And you call that out in us. Lord, help us to follow you in that way. To be men and women who see ourselves and others as you see us. That we might be the best and call out the best in others. Mm -hmm. We pray these things, Lord, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hey, have a great week, and again, happy Mother's Day. I've enjoyed worshiping with you today. A few announcements before you go. Our Kids of Hope virtual musical is next week, May 16th at 3 and 6.30 on hopekids.live. You don't want to miss it. And speaking of kids, we are looking for a few volunteers for Vacation Bible School. This year's VBS will be outside, and we know it's going to be awesome, but we need you. For more information or to sign up, you can go to meethope.org volunteer. And of course, don't forget to sign up now for next week's first service back in the building at meethope.org Sunday. If your campus is online or you're not ready to be in the building yet, don't worry, we aren't going anywhere. We look forward to seeing you online and in the building next week.